1: Our lockmus is coming up in a little bit. Ken Barkley is going to tell us how to bet the Heisman Trophy ahead of Conference Championship Weekend and the great sport of college football. Uh, P-squared, B-squared next hour on the show. Drew Dinsick will join us next hour as well. Barstool Big Cat still to come. Jason Solbel still to come as well as our bets for tonight. We'll get back to the NBA in a second, but we do have a piece of, like... Uh, Pretty decent-sized breaking news in the National Football League where uh, this this basically came out of nowhere. Uh, Colts running back Jonathan Taylor, a.k.a. JTT. Uh, Jonathan Taylor injured his thumb in Sunday's win against Tampa Bay, Um, finished the game like no one knew he was hurt, now he's going to undergo thumb surgery, and he's going to miss two to three weeks. Um, no decision made on injured reserve yet. This is per Ian Rappaport of NFL Media. Jim Ursay confirming the injury. Um, Taylor going to have surgery tomorrow. So this could be like a four-week injury. It could be two to three weeks. Um, I'll ask Ken for a, market break, uh, for a market update in a second of Indy's game on the road in Tennessee on Sunday. But just like Taylor is going to be out at minimum two weeks, maybe three, possibly like a full four weeks on, in- on injured reserve, which means you're out for four games. Um If you're out there right now in a fantasy league and Zach Moss is on the waiver wire, pick him up immediately. Like, if you're in a smart league, you should already be owned. But if he's not, go pick up Zach Moss right now because he's going to be the Colts' number one running back while Jonathan Taylor is out. We'll get back to the NBA in a second. But, Ken, how has the market reacted, the betting market, uh, to the game coming up on Sunday, Indianapolis at Will Levis and the Titans?
0: So Colts were like two, two and a half on the road against Tennessee. And remember, like Colts and Houston, these AFC South teams really have like a, a good chance to make the playoffs this year. Uh, Shane Steichen got a lot of buzz for coach of the year this week. And so this, this hurts a little bit. Now, how much? Uh, the market did respond, but kind of in a, a pretty insignificant way, I'd say. Uh, the Colts were kind of consensus 2, 2.5 on the road. Now they're about a one-point favorite on the road, basically one everywhere. At MGM they're a one-point favorite. So you did see an adjustment, and that doesn't mean there can't be more of an adjustment, like the later in the week we get and limits on the games go up. So a small adjustment down in terms of the likelihood that the Colts win the game, but that's it, and still less than three. Um, game obviously trending toward a pick uh, with – Like it has to be said, like actually some playoff implications. This is not an insignificant player on an insignificant team. Uh, This is a team that absolutely has a chance to be a wild card this year.
1: Now, I'm curious if this game closes a pick. I Taylor's better than Moss. He's not that much better than Zach. Moss is pretty good. He's been really good this I mean, season. that's why you saw I, what you saw,
0: right? Yeah. Well, you saw that one point uh, adjustment. Just like maybe maybe people are interested, but really, like how interested can you be when the point spread's already less than three, right? Like, what are you getting with Tennessee by betting plus two? Oh, well, well thank God. Now if it lands two, I push. Like, really? That's like, that's worth doing it on, on Jonathan Taylor? Like, I, I'm good on that one.
1: Uh, So Jonathan Taylor yeah. will be out for for two to three weeks, maybe four. We'll bring you more when we get it here on You Better, You Bet. But let's continue on with the NBA, and, of course, like we'll bring you any more news as we get it in the National Football League on this Tuesday. And uh, let's touch a little bit more on the Philadelphia 76ers. Ken, I loved your analysis in the wake of the James Harden trade, what it was like three weeks ago or whatever, Harden traded to the L.A. Clippers, and everyone's making a big deal about the Clippers, and you're like, actually – I think this is a lot more interesting in the betting market for for Philadelphia. And Embiid's been great, and Tyrese Maxey's been amazing, and the thought is that Daryl Morey's going to pull up. Now it's less like, are they going to trade Embiid? And more, are they going to get a third player to pair with Embiid and Tyrese Maxey? The Sixers in the market to win the NBA championship, plus $1,400. Same price as the Warriors. I don't know if like the market's caught on to the Sixers yet, or maybe I'm wrong. And Joel Embiid right now is the third choice to an NBA Most Valuable Player. Uh, Embiid, the reigning MVP, is plus 750 behind Nikola Jokic and Luka Doncic. Ken, thoughts here on the Philadelphia 76ers now, a couple weeks having passed since the James Harden trade to Los Angeles.
0: Yeah, and I, I told you, and we did this on the show. Obviously, not just in the wake of that trade, but like for for the next week or so. Like I, I said, you know, I, <laughs> I thought that Maxie and Embiid were like the twenty twenty three version of Shaq and Kobe. I think we clipped off that video that I had bet Philadelphia to make the finals and to play Denver. That that was like the finals matchup that I thought was more likely than the market did. And you know, gradual adjustments taking place. Obviously, Boston being this like monster that holds all this win probability in the markets is always going to make Philly going to go a lesser price. Cause people are always going to think Boston's better. Um, and that's fine. And when it gets to the playoffs, I'll never bet on Boston to win the title and I'll always bet on Philadelphia. And I, we haven't done this in a while. So, like, and it, people might listen to the first couple of segments and be like, man, there was like a lot of like just primer, basic kind of stuff. Be like, well, we haven't done this in like a month. <laughs> so, I kind of have to start with like, here's what's going on. Cause maybe you're maybe you're like locked into the NFL, like a lot of people, or college football, which is ending and just haven't really caught up on what's going on in the NBA. Um, the history of winning the title is a consistent thread. That is always woven through who the team's best player is. And there is literally only one historical example in 70 years that disputes that and it's the Pistons in 2004. And they are responsible for the biggest finals upset in the history of the NBA. They beat Shaq and Kobe when they hated each other. And then Phil Jackson wrote a book about it. So like, if you are not Pinning your hopes to a big time lead player, superstar player on a team, you're basically saying, I hope we're the 04 Pistons and not the other 70 years. That's what you're saying. So makes a lot more sense to assess the title market conference markets almost entirely through the prism of who is the team's best player? How good is that player? How old is that player? Are they in the prime of their career? Are they early? Are they late? Like, where are they on this kind of the uh, the arc, their timeline? And then, okay, based on that information, who do I want to bet on to win the title? And because you can listen, hear like the Sixers and be like, you're really going to bet on Joel MB? you dummy? Like, have you seen what's happened in the last few play? Yeah, of course. Of course I've seen what's happened in the last few plays. I also didn't bet Philadelphia in those playoffs, and I'm betting them now. But like, I, I see what happens. And I think just like the idea of history repeating is so funny. And we've had such like a rapid succession of examples of it in the last couple of years that it makes it really obvious to people. Now, I think how impatient we are with superstar players winning their first title, right? So like, if you look at the experience level of the best player on like the championship level teams you notice a consistent thread not just that it's a great player not just that they you know made a first team all nba or maybe they've won most valuable player awards but it's not early in the career folks like it's not and when i say early in the career i don't mean like rookie year second year like it's not year five or year six either which by the way is like where Luca is right now if you're all getting impatient with him that he hasn't won yet it just like it takes a long time these NBA superstars and winning titles it all moves like glacially I mean it just takes forever for these things to mature for these players to mature into players who can win titles we all collectively think Jokic is the best player in basketball right now there's probably no one right now who doesn't think that but like last year there were very heated arguments about whether he would be allowed to win a third straight MVP because he hadn't, quote, done anything in the playoffs yet. A year later, this is, it's all been wiped away. And, like, we were, you were just early in expecting it. Last year was year eight. We did a segment on the show about how year eight is an important year historically for star players where they win their first title. Year seven, year eight, that's when you start to see it every time with very few exceptions. And so, like, it's, we look at all these players that are older. Giannis, we were we were waiting, and he folded in the playoffs. So we were waiting, and he folded the playoffs. And then he matured, and he got into like his title prime to win titles. And then he won, and it was like, oh, so many missed opportunities. Be like, or that's always how it works. Always, always how it works. So like, we've already had these two, bi- these two like bigs basically. Giannis isn't a conventional center, but like Giannis wins his MVPs, and we all start to get really mad at him because he doesn't win, and then he wins the title and Jokic wins some MVPs, and we all get really mad at him because he hasn't won a title, then he wins a title. And I'm not telling you that Joel Embiid has to win a title, but just like, can we just not outright dismiss it for the same stupid reasons that we dismissed the other two, please? Can we like, please not do that? Because like, you've all been dumb twice already. You want to be dumb a third time? Like roll the dice, bet the Celtics, you know, like see what happens. So it's just like, yeah, Embiid's going into year eight, This is kind of when he's supposed to win some titles (laughs) like this is kind of when it's supposed if it's going to happen this is kind of when it's going to happen oh by the way his coach is nine million times better oh by the way his second best player has way more upside than the previous second best player oh by the way they might make a trade oh by the way they have like all these other core pieces that potentially can fit as long as they get the third player and everything falls in line so just like i'm not saying like hey ken says the sixers are going to win the title just like we've seen it twice already and you've all been diametrically opposed to it both times, and then it happens, and you have to be like, oh, I guess, oh, Giannis won, I guess. Jokic won, I guess. At least be open-minded to the possibility that for a third straight time, he's followed in the footsteps of these other two guys, winning the MVPs, really can't ever win a title, really, ever. Can't get to the finals, at least. Really can't happen. I don't know. Uh, Seems like by far his best opportunity. So yeah, just if we're assessing teams... Just how good is your best player? Where are they in their career? You're going to come up with a really short list of guys who make any sense. You're going to come up with Jokic. There's no question. You're going to come up with Giannis, probably still, for at least a couple more years. Lillard is kind of at the end of that, but they're paired together, and they're both awesome. And in the East, you're going to come up with Joel Embiid, and you're going to come up with him before you come up with Jason Tatum. And And we can argue that all year, all season, all forever long, and I think I'm going to be right.
1: And uh, and look, if people disagree, bet the Celtics. And I'm not saying you can't win. We'll we'll, we'll find yeah, out. Obviously, bet when a, the playoffs last
0: year too. Yeah. How's everybody doing? Good. Was that fun? <laughs>
1: oh, I bet the Heat. So I had a really nice time in that in that game yeah. seven against Boston last year in the Eastern Conference final. You better you bet here with Nick and Ken on a Tuesday talking NBA as we celebrate basketball here. Uh, we can turn the attention to MVP now, Ken. And uh, if we want to go back and do some like bigger picture stuff, we can. But I figured this is a nice opportunity to talk about MVP since we just spent a lot of time talking about the reigning MVP, Joel Embiid at BetMGM right now. Embiid's the third choice in the market, plus 750. Jokic is the favorite, plus 180. Luca plus 550. Jason Tatum is nine to one. Giannis is 11. The, we talked a lot about SGA earlier in the show. Matt Moore just came out with us and said he he likes this price for SGA to win MVP at twelve to one. Kevin Durant and Devin Booker, two teammates with the Suns, twenty and twenty two to one respectively. Steph Curry and Anthony Edwards both at twenty five to one. Uh that's where I have chosen to draw the line here. If you think anyone else is interesting, Ken, let's talk about it. But what about most valuable player? About a month into the season,
0: it's. Uh... I don't I don't know if it's shaping up to be that interesting of a race. I know we've had some some pretty close toxic is a word I've used before, just because the way some of the discourse goes around dissecting these players who are all awesome. They're all so good. Like they all could win the award. This has been true the last few years with Jokic and Embiid and Giannis and the conversations we've had the last few years with those players. It's always been really interesting. Um, Is this one going to be interesting? So we started the year. Basically, my theory was always we're about done. With this like current generation of like the best players like they should kind of be on to win in the titles for people who don't know like usually you win the MVPs then you go on and you win the titles and you're kind of done with MVP and MVP voters are on to the next guy who's going to be like the best player in the league and then he goes on to win titles just like a cyclical kind of a thing and it really like happens very rarely without fail so like Giannis won his he moved on to titles he hasn't won since then and I know people kind of like well he came in second he came in third I've always said like I didn't think he would ever win another one I think everybody was kind of on to the next thing and Giannis was on to the next thing like he wasn't trying to win and then Jokic won his couple and then really could have won last year like was probably the best player in the league last year are we are voters like done with this or is it actually he can win three and four because he's like won the title now and he's maybe one of the best ever and we need to have that conversation and like he can win more like how Jordan won more and how LeBron won more like more spaced out in terms of when they won their MVPs. Is he that or is it kind of like, ah oh man, we're kind of onto it and Bede wins last year. Is it back to back for him, and then he gets his title, or he doesn't, or I'm wrong, and then he kind of moves on to like the next phase of his career, which is solely focused on championships. And if these guys are going to be gone, like if they're going to be gone in the minds of MVP voters, which happens to every generation of every player, then who's next? Then who? Then who's who's there to pick up the pieces if these guys if we're not interested in these players anymore? And Luca was always to me supposed to be the next guy, and he was supposed to kind of be ready by now, and it's just kind of not happening. It's just kind of not happening and this is i said this at the start of the year like he's kind of supposed to be ready but i'm not sure like i don't know who would it, who it's supposed to be and a player that i brought up like well he's early but like this would i guess be the guy is shea gilgis alexander who profiles really well in all the advanced metrics whose team might win a lot of games this year so we were kind of in this bridge year where like the guys who like the two best players in the league by all measurement this year i shouldn't say by the best player in the league by all measurement this year is Jokic. The second best player is kind of an argument between Embiid and SGA about who the best player in the league is up to this point in the season. To me, it's those three, the Grand Canyon, everybody else. And in MVP odds, it should be those three, the Grand Canyon, and everybody else in terms of their likelihood to win. So to me, like the quote-unquote mistake in the betting market, it's not even like, I guess it's the order a little bit. It's kind of the pricing to me because there's like a fundamental question that we're going to have to answer later in the year. And it's going to be a really stupid question, and I hope everyone's ready for it, which is – Are people done voting for Jokic and Embiid for MVPs, and do they want something different? And if they want something different, the different thing is SGA. But they may not want something different. It might be like, you know what? These two guys are so good. They might be the two players on the one seeds in both conferences. They're like this era of the NBA. Like it's Biggs and it's these guys and it's Giannis. Like this is what it is. Like maybe we're not done with them. Maybe Embiid should win back-to-back, and then we're probably done with them. Or Jokic can win three and four, and he's got a title now. I don't know how voters feel about that. And that came across big time at the end of last year. There was big Jokic pushback to him winning again. I don't know if there's going to be pushback on either of those two guys. Because I do think they're just, if it's player quality, it's the two of them, then it's SGA, then it's 10 Grand Canyons, honestly, right now. And everybody else in terms of chances to win. I have bet a ton of Embiid, and I bet a little SGA. Because I think they got a puncher's chance with Jokic, and I think it's those three. And yeah, Jokic's going to win a lot of the time, but like, I don't know how the voters feel about those those candidates yet. I don't know if they're ready for something new. I really don't, and I almost don't want to bet any more than I already have until I get a little bit of an answer to that question.
1: I, I think my senses, and I could be wrong about this, just like the temperature of what goes on in the sports media with sports fans, kind of the way people talk about things, I don't think people are done with either guy yet. And I think Jokic I, I winning the you're title... Right. Right, But and I we'll, just don't we'll, know. Yeah, we'll do right. more on yeah. this on the other side to start. Like, and This is a great question for you watching or listening at home. Like, what, Do you think people are done with Embiid and Jokic? I don't think so. We'll talk about it a little bit more on the other side, and then we'll tell you how to bet the Heisman Trophy ahead of conference championship weekend in college football, the Tuesday edition of You Better, You Bet rolls on right after this.